Hello and welcome to this rather unplanned and unexpected mini podcast series, Walking Your Authentic Path, between myself, Mr. Terrapod, and Ana Luisa, the inspirational Brazilian life coach based here in Da Nang, Vietnam, the founder of Ana Luisa Life Coaching. Now, as far back as February of this year, I had earmarked Anna as a potential podcast candidate for PRS Radio Da Nang and Hoi An, which is another podcast channel of mine. This never materialized, so when the opportunity arose out of the blue recently actually, I jumped at it and Anna, I can tell you this, she did not disappoint. She is really enthusiastic and passionate about helping people find their purpose in life and to walk the authentic path of their heart. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with her. She is a fascinating lady, super engaging, and clearly very caring and compassionate. I'm sure she could really help you make those changes in your life that at times we all desperately wish to make. I recommend you check out her Facebook page, Back to Self Love. I'll put a link as always in the show notes. The series will have five episodes, each around 20 minutes long. If you enjoy them, please share them with a friend or with somebody who may be in need of extra support during this turbulent period. Be sure to subscribe on whichever platform you listen on. And more importantly, if you enjoy it, share it on your social media platform. This episode with Anna Luisa will include the lockdown in Da Nang and the current mood of people in the city as Anna sees it. We will talk about opportunities that this lockdown and COVID in general has provided her and people within her circle of friends. We will speak about the importance of acceptance, dealing with pain and something that she is completing or was completing a few weeks ago called the Complaining Detox Challenge. Listen, I really hope you enjoy this episode. The music at the end is by my friend Mark Smith. Remember, with Mr. Terrapod, you are not alone. Hello, Anna Luisa, and welcome for this rather unexpected and unplanned episode. We'll call this a bonus episode with uh, with you, Anna. Uh, to be honest with you, when my second favorite Brazilian uh, came with a suggestion for a podcast, I just could not say no to you. So welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And you just jumped right in. I said, I have an idea. I said, yes, let's do it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll. Why not do it? Uh, I guess, Anna. I guess, Anna. Where we're going to start? Uh, we'll start with you. Have now went into your fourth lockdown in Da Nang, <laughs> which is quite yes. quite insane. Now, I know you can't give an assessment for the whole community, but can you give me an assessment of the mood of the people? Maybe in the circles that you travel in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, of course, the first lockdown, there was a lot of fear involved uh, here in the community, especially uh, a lot of people that rely on local jobs. And uh, yeah, back then I was also having some doing some teaching and there are also many teachers here and we went out on holidays we come back here there is lockdown and so a lot of fear and a lot of uncertainty when it comes to you know oh how am i gonna 
stay here? What about my dream of, you know, living somewhere abroad and doing something that I love and getting my independence, my financial security on all of these things? And uh, now we are on our fourth lockdown. Things have changed a little bit. It seems like we are learning a little more. <laughs> I think becoming accustomed to the fact that the corona is there. Uh, I think the fears that they are a little, little less, a little bit less, but there is still a lot of fear going on around for sure. Um, especially because also with the, 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 the situation with the visas and that's all people have been talking about and focusing a lot on what can happen even and making plans on it, even making plans on stuff that we are not even sure if it's going to happen, that you're going to be kicked out of the country or not. So, yes, yeah, a bit of a heavy vibe sometimes. It can really really take you off off track. Um, so I've been basically <laughs> avoiding talking too much about Corona, avoiding talking too much about Visa because what we place our attention, where we place our focus, that's, you know, we're creating more of that. Uh, I'm also like, um yeah there are I'm, I'm like a lot of other people there like as tourists and we just don't know what's going to happen but i i i choose faith i choose to trust that everything's going to be okay if you're on your right path you know that you're following your heart but why would the universe take you off your path right so i use this as my compass as something that i don't have to worry about whatever's going to happen is going to be the best one me. Sounds like you're practicing a lot of acceptance. Yeah, yeah, I would say, yes, I would say that the main word for this whole corona crisis, the whole corona situation, because it's something that we have no control of. We have no control of. We don't know for how long this is going to go on. Um, and if we are just sitting on our chair waiting for this crisis to go away so that we can finally make a decision on our lives, <laughs> eventually we're not going to be on this planet anymore. And I don't want to be on my deathbed thinking that I spent <laughs> most of my time thinking about Corona, right? So it's really, I think, when we come into acceptance of, you know, the reality as it is that we can't change it, it's our minds create the space for the opportunities to come for us to see what is in the situation that I can see as an opportunity so I can continue moving forward because it, it seems like this is we might actually have to live with this corona this situation we were trying to fight it we are trying to coming up with vaccines trying to coming up with all of these things but some people they react okay some people react very bad to these vaccines the reality is we have no idea how this is going to go on and uh you know instead of being on standby that we be present be present to find the opportunities and um yeah that's what i've been trying to to do with my business and with my personal life as well it's really interesting in the middle of that uh response anna you use the word opportunities twice and one of my mm -hmm. favorite quotes, well, I, I love quotes. Uh, Einstein is reputed to have said, in the, middle of, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. So 
what opportunities have you embraced and have you developed to help yourself grow uh, during this period of Corona, not just yourself, also your clients at Ana Luisa Life Coaching? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the things that we actually, we were pushed uh, to having to do is growing our emotional awareness. And for me, um, I developed a very close relationship with my own inner world because there is so much suffering, right? And the more you go and watch the news and you see sometimes people that you know, they have died of Corona and stuff like that. And your uncertainty about your life and your job and am I, you know, am I going to be able to keep on doing this? Am I going to be able to keep on living in this place? Am I going to be able to keep this relationship some Family is breaking apart because of this corona as well. So there is a lot of suffering. And uh, people are really being forced to having to face their their emotions. And that's something that I've been advocating a lot um, during this these difficult times. And this journey has started with me, myself, also having to deal with my own demons. Because, well, if we don't address it, it grows. As well, and the pain. I really believe that the pain is there as a, as a, you know, a, how can I say? Um, it's a messenger. Our pain is a messenger. Saying, hey, there is something here that's not good. Can you look at me? You know, I need some care and I need some fixing here. And um, so, definitely, emotional awareness is one of the things. Um, it. From that comes learning to see the opportunity in the crisis. Again, going back to this topic, what is a crisis? A crisis is something that happens to disrupt the peace, yeah? To disrupt what's in the comfort zone. Everything is very stable. Then something comes to disrupt the peace. And, well, we can choose to fight it. We can choose to fight something that's out of our control. Or we can choose to embrace it as a moment of growth. Okay, things are never going to go back to what they were before. Why not to use this as an opportunity for me to stretch myself? I'm not, not no longer be who I was before this event. It, it's it's going to be in my DNA. This is an experience that I can't be taken away from me. So how can I can I use this to grow? And in my case, for example, it was... Starting to move my business to online, I always wanted to do things to allow me to travel, even though now with Corona, <laughs> can't really travel much. But yeah, that's something that I, you know, instead of doing workshops only in the community, starting to bring these things to the community online. There are a lot of people that they are at home, actually. It's perfect to bring these things online. Um, yeah. And something very funny also, you know, the uh, last lockdown, the third lockdown, me and my partner Jonathan, we we have a very nice view in our apartment. It's a very small apartment, but we have a nice, very nice view in our bedroom from the sea. And yeah, we are locked in this apartment, and we were like, okay, what can we do here? Like, you know, make this a very nice place. So we remove the mattress. The room is the bedroom is very small, but we remove the bed. The bed. Um, how can we call the the shape of the bed? The the frame. And we just sleep on the mattress. And during the day, we bring the mattress against the floor. So we have the whole room that we can use as a yoga studio and we can use it as an office. 
So just being resourceful. <laughs> and positive. And positive and happy, doing our happy dance. Yeah, now we have an office that we can look at the sea. Now we can do yoga and look at the sea. So. One of the things I've noticed you're doing recently, I call it the eight days of complaining because people will remember it more that way, but uh, it's actually eight days of no complaining. Uh, mm. That's something you've been doing recently in the community. Can you share with us a little bit about that and how did that come around? Uh, yes. So <laughs> we, it's mindset, right? So we, we tend to see the cup half empty or half full. Yeah, the cup half empty. <laughs> the normally, yeah, the mindset we tend to see things in a more negative way, or we tend to see things in a more positive way. So I think last week on Monday we were still not on lockdown. We were in a beautiful coffee shop around here, around the corner, and we like to do our little practice before we start working. So we sat down to meditate and connect with ourselves, and I noticed uh, my my inner state, I was really like stressed and a bit, you know, in this moaning mode, complaining mode. But as I said to meditate, I was like, wow, I'm in this beautiful coffee shop. I can schedule my working hours. I live in this beautiful city. You know, I have a sea view from my apartment. I live with a beautiful partner. I'm living the life of my dreams here. A few years before, I was living in a cold place. I had to wake up early in the morning and do the commute to work, one hour to go to work and go into a place where they were not aligned with my values. The people, they were not aligned with my values. I would feel very stressed, not recognized for what I was doing. And I came to this realization, what am I complaining about? Why? I'm living the life that once I dreamt of living. Today, this is a reality. And I'm still unable to see what I have manifested, what has become true. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> this, this is a problem. And it actually, it's a problem that's bringing an opportunity. So I, I was just joking with Jonathan. I was saying, you know, maybe I should do just a, a seven-day challenge with myself to stop complaining. And he started laughing. And I said, oh, my gosh, yes, I had an idea. We should actually do it, but bring it to the community. Why not? Because I'm sure that there are people struggling with the same, you know, not recognizing what we have, just practicing acceptance in the present moment. There are always going to be things that we can be grateful for in the present moment, always. If only we choose to adopt that mindset to see, you know, even the simplest things, you know. The days that, you know, when it's winter and there is a day of sun, oh my gosh, it's sunny. Oh, when it's sunny every day, it's so hot now, and there is a day of rain. Oh my gosh, this is beautiful, you know? Practicing gratitude. Uh, I don't know when you were speaking there, the words of Henri Matisse, the artist, came to my mind. Uh, there are always flowers for those who want to see them. Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Our mind sees what it wants to see, right? So, well, what do you want to experience? If you want to experience love and joy and gratitude, look for that around you. It's hard. There are moments that's really hard, but the more you practice, the more it becomes automatic. That's why it's so important to bring these practices, this awareness for people out there. Start becoming aware when they are complaining. So they start, okay, I notice that I'm complaining. I can, I can choose in this moment to see the, 
the goodness in this moment? What can I be grateful for? Or what can I learn from this? And the more you do, the more it becomes automatic until a day when it becomes who you are, the way you operate automatically. Let's go back to something you said earlier. You were talking about people running away from pain. And it reminded me of something I, I shared with you last week, a fantastic line from Benjamin Franklin, who said that those things that hurt instruct. So what advice would you give to people who are unable to face some of those painful experiences in their life? Yeah. So what I can say is that the pain is there for a reason. The pain, as you said, as Benjamin Franklin said, is there to instruct. It's a messenger, right? And if we don't pay attention to it, if we don't listen to it, we distract ourselves doing something else, drinking, socializing, watching a movie, stuffing ourselves with food or whatever you want to do, <laughs> You might just distract yourself, but the pain is not going to leave your system. The pain is not going to leave your body. The pain is going to stay there. So it's very important that we understand that the pain is there. The earlier we can address it, the better. So we can get clarity. And sometimes, you know, what I like to do, me, myself, and my experiences, I, I'm feeling discomfort. I'm, I feel like sometimes I, I need to do my work. And I just can't. I don't have the concentration. There is something inside of me that I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm stressed, I'm angry, I'm moody. And so I recognize in that moment, stop what you're doing. Forcing is not going to help. It's not going to help. You're just wasting your time. You're forcing you to get even more stressed. So I sit down. When, when I remember, sometimes uh, I unconsciously, I still, or even consciously, sometimes I'm still not ready yet, and I just go for that piece of chocolate. <laughs> but but then comes a moment that I just remain stuck in that pain. It's okay, let's sit down and meditate, and allow yourself to feel that pain. You're not gonna die. You're not gonna die. The pain is there to help you grow. So sit down with it. Allow yourself to feel with it. Allow the pain to send, to bring you the message that you need in this moment. Because maybe now it's time to move on. It's time to progress onto something else. Why to hold on to this situation forever? Nothing in life is supposed to be immutable. We are changing. We are constantly changing, evolving at all times. This is the nature of life. And this is also for us. <laughs> so it's very important that we just uh, understand that the pain is not there as an enemy, as you know, and the, what makes it worse, actually, is the fear of the pain. The fear, because we think it's a monster. And when we don't allow ourselves to face that pain, we create that monster in our heads about what that pain is, what that suffering is. Oh, the things that are in my subconscious, I'm so scared of going there. But that's what makes things worse, because you create this fantasy in your mind, you know, and keep those things suppressed. But it's just like that me metaphor <clears throat> of the people that they are always in the cave. And sometimes there is a flame and some people, they walk behind it. They only see the shadows of it against the wall, you know. And then they start creating fantasies in their minds. Oh, there are ghosts there. Sometimes they come and they just see the reflection in the wall. And instead of going out there and check the source, of that shadow 
they just you know hide uh, hide the way they hide from that that image or hide from that source protecting themselves thinking that staying there they're going to be safe but actually that fantasy that's creating in their minds is just growing thinking wondering about what that thing is but if only you could go there and see what it is oh maybe they were just little ants little ants walking by and you thinking that it was a monster or things like that so yeah just sit down with your pain face it and have compassion for yourself don't beat yourself up we we must feel our emotions and that's uh yeah where our ethics our journey begins uh, i I read something beautiful you wrote uh, around along this topic uh, last week. You said our emotions are are the gate to our ultimate freedom, to a life of joy, peace, and love. There's no such thing as emotions that should be accepted and emotions that should be avoided. We are here to experience all of it. As long as we keep denying parts of our human experience, we remain stuck in suffering. Rejecting pain mm-hmm. actually creates more of it. Uh, this is really powerful stuff. And I, I love that you use the word, we remain stuck in suffering. This mm-hmm. is a common word that I've come across uh, from people over the last 18 months. People keep referring, are you stuck? Are you stuck in Da Nang? Are you stuck in Vietnam? Uh, mm. And what I find is a lot of people are stuck more in their head <laughs> than anywhere else. Yeah, they're locked in in their heads, as you say. Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so can you repeat the question again? What was the question? I don't even know there was a question, Ana Luisa. <laughs> 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 How much do you believe social media is a contributor to this negativity being fueled? I don't think social media is the problem. I think the way people use social media is the problem. Good answer. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. Social media, just like money, money is not a problem. It's what we do with money, right? So social media is the same thing. And I think, of course, we put so much information out there. People in general put so much information. We can put everything we want there, right? But we don't have so much control over what we are consuming, you know? So you have, I don't know, I have over 2,000 friends on my Facebook. They post all sorts of things I have no, no control of. If I'm used to just go on my Facebook and scrolling up and down and and I have no control of what I'm consuming. I'm looking at these posts and all these things and then start reading and you know I'm working and then I get a bit bored or stressed out, go on social media to this stress a little bit. But then I start consuming all of these things unconsciously, I start feeling worse. I start feeling more fearful, I start feeling more whatever things that you're not even aware of but it's going unconsciously inside of you you have no control of so that's what we have to be careful of perhaps i would say to people and i me and my partner we discuss this a lot you know maybe we should have a time that we just go to reply because we also have a lot of clients online and people they talk to us through messenger and stuff so we we can't just disappear from social media but we can decide okay well we have 20 minutes in the morning or half an hour in the morning 
half an hour in the afternoon, half an hour in the evening, just to, to check, but to keep the, the discipline and not to just go off, you know. <laughs> and then suddenly you're gone. Yeah, balance is key. Yeah, yeah. And, and understand that the problem is not the social media, the problem is how you deal with it, right? Take your power back, <laughs> authentic power, right? Yeah. Take your power back. You say, I admit that now I am the one that's not using this tool appropriately. How can I use this tool in a way that's beneficial to me? I went offline uh, for all of May and it was absolutely wonderful. It's a fantastic experience. Uh, I didn't have to deal with anything online. Um, it was wonderful for creativity. The amount of ideas oh. that can flow when you are not wasting, and I, I call it wasting my time uh, <laughs> online. I feel you. Yeah, it's, it's. I feel you. And when you told me, I was, oh my gosh, I want to do the same. <laughs> I want to go isolate myself in nature a bit because it creates so much space, right? You have no clue, but you are consuming these things unconsciously. It's taking up space in your mind. And when you go off in nature, you actually you open the space in your mind for all the creativity to flow through you. It's amazing. I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was listening to a fantastic podcast last year with a man called John Connell. Now, John Connell has written an excellent book. Uh, it's The Running Book. It is essentially a book about life. One lived through the prison, prism of that cho chosen activity, uh, running. Now, in the podcast, he said something really, really interesting, which I completely agree with. He said, COVID is a great teacher. Now, what lessons have you learned about yourself and I guess life in general in the past 18 months during COVID? I learned that I can definitely trust the universe because there were moments that I had no clue of, it was out of my hands. No clue of what was gonna happen, you know, like as we, the way we began our conversation today. And, you know, as I was arriving in Da Nang, I didn't know anyone in the community. So just still relying on some local jobs and stuff. And, and this things taken away from you. And I was just, you know, <laughs> building my own my own life here in the beginning of everything rebuilding right because left everything behind in belgium so um yeah learning acceptance again going back to acceptance um and trusting the universe that you know the crisis is here and i can only do what it's in within my power but there are a lot of stuff now that i, I just have no control of so Trusting the universe, uh, acceptance, resilience, you know, noticing how strong we are. Um, and we all have this resilience inside of us that we have no idea until a painful moment. That's so painful that you'll say, okay, I, I, does, I, I surrender and die, or I, now it's time to stand up and, and, and go for it and fight. And sometimes we, we look at ourselves and see ourselves as so small and, oh, I don't have the strength to do this. I don't. But actually, when the hardship comes, you know, that's when we see, oh, my gosh, I've got so much power inside of me. So that's 
another thing that I've learned about myself as well. And in practicing a lot of emotional awareness because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that start coming up when you have no distractions, when you don't have your social life out there happening, you don't have your friends, you don't have, you know, all the fun and, and you have to be, you know, at home in a small place, sometimes sharing with other people you're reflecting things back to each other you know my first two lockdowns I was by myself so in that case it was facing a lot of uh, loneliness but learning to love myself so I practiced a lot of self-love and just you know doing the things that make me happy you know and the, the last two lockdowns being living with uh with my partner and uh reflecting back to each other beautiful parts and sometimes annoying parts as well <laughs> and having to you know learn live and learn with that and makes you stronger and makes you grow so yeah um but i know that it's not easy and uh for a lot of people there is a <laughs> a lot of um yeah families that are either they are strengthening their bonds of the bonds are coming to an end but i would say yeah trust the process trust the universe and and just connect with your heart that's the main thing above uh, on top of everything that i said is if you connect with your heart you will know what to do you will know what truly matters to you you know and let go of all the worries let go of all the fears and just connect with your heart that's it. You know, I read on your Facebook page earlier something really, really beautiful where you talked about connecting with your heart. And you said, you can trust your heart fully to lead you to places not even your mind could conceive you'd be capable of going. I read that earlier on your Facebook and I thought it was absolutely beautiful. So I, I threw it in there. Can you share with us also what lessons that you have learned yourself, um, you know, since COVID has said hello to us <laughs> last year? How has this impacted your life and how you're dealing with it? Okay. Uh, thank you very much for the question. You've uh, become the star podcaster here, Anna Luisa, uh, turning the table. <laughs> uh, actually, I was living in China when COVID hit. And I mm -hmm. had to run away from China, get out of the country. And I've been here since January the 30th, uh, 2020. I arrived here with seven kilograms worth of my stuff. The rest of it is still in China. So the biggest lesson for me has been non-attachment. Non-attachment to people. There's many people in my life I haven't seen in the last, you know, what, 18 months. And I... I don't know if I'll see them again in the next two years. People are really dear to me. Uh, Non-attachment to places. Well, right now, nobody can really move around so freely. I can't go back to China. Uh, I, can't, I don't want to go back to Ireland. <laughs> but non-attachment to places is definitely one thing. And I, I find now with a lot of expats, that's a lot of suffering people are experiencing now because they're so attached to living in Vietnam. They, they don't want to think about moving somewhere else and that uh, attachment mm -hmm. as the buddha said the root of all suffering is attachment 
So people, places, possessions. <laughs> As I said, I arrived with seven kilograms worth of stuff. The rest of my stuff is all in China. So I don't need any of it. And the last one is plans, non-attachment to plans. Um, you know, I've tried a couple of times. I was due to launch something in China, well, about 18 months ago in Vietnam. And COVID stopped that each time. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's really the big one for me, non-attachment. And to keep mm -hmm. moving forward, keep moving forward. Uh, the, the quote from Einstein that I really love is, to maintain balance, keep moving forward. And oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> it's so good. Like when people are talking about stuck, you know, when they use this word mm. stuck, Okay, that's where they've lost their balance. Mm. So keep moving. So true. Keep moving. We are supposed to be in movement. Yes, to be flowing. When they say you step into the flow, when you step into the flow, you are in movement. You are being carried by the flow. That's why you hear a lot of the doubters that it's effortless. Yeah. Effortless. When you step into the flow, you're carried by it. You don't have to do anything. Mm hmm uh yeah so attachment and i understand what you were talking it's it's wonderful what you shared about it it, it takes a lot of courage to 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 let go of these things um you know we invest so much energy so much of our time so much of our money building things that we think it's so important for us right and having the courage to let go of the things like you did it's because you have this inner trust in yourself that you can rebuild yourself again wherever you go, right? But uh, and what I feel like it's happening here, not just here in, in Vietnam, but you know, everywhere in the world, we are so we invested so much of our time, of our efforts, of our energy, of our money onto something, ideas that things have to go a certain way. Yeah, I'm investing my life here in Vietnam. So this has to work. And that's the attachment. It has to work. This is the way it has to work. And that's the mind. The mind forcing something that you actually have no control. And that's, that causes suffering. That, that, that is actually a lack of trust in the process. A lack of trust in the universe. A lack of trust in yourself. That wherever you go, you are capable of rebuilding yourself again. You're always going to have whatever you need because everything that you need is actually inside of you. It's how you perceive the world. It's how you choose to see the world and how you put your energy out there. When you have this trust in yourself, wherever you go, you can rebuild yourself again and again. Absolutely. That's a huge, a huge thing you said there. Trust, trust in yourself. Yeah. Really, yes. really powerful. I think Thanks for sharing your story also. It was very powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. There's plenty more where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Anna, just a, a little question. Uh, I, I ask this to many people on, on my podcast channels. What do you value most in life? And a secondary question to that is, has COVID, has COVID, has COVID, has COVID changed or realigned your values in any way? Oh, wow. <laughs> I love these questions. They're very deep. 
So what do I value most in life? <laughs> you look very comfortable there. <laughs> not <even> bad. <laughs> uh, I think, well, for me, what I value the most in life is truth. Truth. Being true to yourself. Being true to yourself, which means see the world and make choices from a place of love connecting with your heart not not from your mind your mind that's that's the root of the attachment <laughs> but when you connect to, to your heart you connect to your soul that's the portal to, to our soul the voice of our soul and that is our truth you know and that's why sometimes we experience a lot of pain because our mind wants something, wants to stay in the comfort zone, but your soul wants something else. And it took me a long time. Um, first time I made a move in my life um, to make a change. And in that gap that you have the thought, I need to do this, but you don't have the courage to do, that gap. You know, is the gap of suffering until you you take the courage to listen to your heart. And so for me, what I value the most and what I think is going to help people, especially in this moment of crisis, in this moment of uncertainty, of constant change, like the world is moving, changing so fast that the only thing we can rely on is connecting with our hearts to know what is appropriate in the moment for you, what's true to you in that moment for you. And it's not anything that anyone else will tell you. People, everyone is afraid. You're gonna trust on, you know, everyone out there. Everyone is scared. Well, you're gonna finally give your heart the chance to speak to you and lead you to all these places that your mind could never conceive. You know, that's when we have the faith to listen to that part of ourselves. So definitely listen to your heart. Listen to your intuition being in alignment with that and if my values they have changed during covid uh yes i think i, I feel like i'm more and more aligned uh, i i think that covid brought me rubbed on my face a lot of stuff that you know I thought it was something that my soul wanted, but it was just my mind desiring things for me. Me wanting to prove myself that I'm good enough by doing this or by doing that. And then uh, you force a situation and then pain comes and pain, oopsie, pain brings you back into the flow again. So... I think my values, they haven't changed much, but it's more like beliefs, things that I believed that it's what I needed, it's what I had to do. See, we have, we create all these ideas in our minds. Oh, it's only by doing this that I'm going to be happy. It's only by having this that I'm going to be successful. And we, we limit ourselves to one situation, one circumstance, circumstance, believing that that's the one thing that's going to make you happy, that one relationship, that one person, that one job, that one lifestyle that's going to make you happy. And it's not that. We got to focus on the, 
on the emotion, on how we feel in our bodies. What's the sensation that you want to experience? Because in the end of everything, the truly, truly what matters is just the emotions that you experience through this life. That's what's going to determine, determine the quality of life that you have. And when you focus solely on the emotion, this is the kind of emotion, this is the kind of energy that I want to experience. Life will make sure to bring an amount of opportunities or options for you to experience the same emotion. And you can pick. <laughs> you have the freedom to pick. But when you are focused solely on one thing, that one circumstance, that one partner, that one job, that one whatever, you are limiting yourself so much, and sometimes this is not the path that's going to lead your soul to grow in the direction that it needs to grow. Um, so it was for me, it was a lot of letting go of beliefs, of the way I believe things should go for me, and just allowing myself to accept whatever is coming and saying, yes, I trust the universe. This is happening for me, not to me. You mentioned pain. We've obviously been talking about you. You've experienced your own pain in your life, and you mentioned dealing with your own demons during this period. And I know that meditation has been a big part of uh, your own journey. Um, can you share with us uh, some of your experiences with meditation and how it has helped you? Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Um, so... I left, well, it's very interesting. I started, well, my spiritual awakening happened in 2018 when I, I was already very unhappy and really wanting to change and planning living my life in Belgium uh, when I did this ayahuasca ceremony in Denmark, actually. And I had profound realizations and I had this, understanding that I am not my body and that I'm not my mind. It was it was really clear to me that there is something else much bigger than this and that I'm not my body, I'm not my mind. And so it was so profound that experience that it led me into I, I just received the name and it was talking a lot about Kriya Kriya Kriya. Living in Korea, living in Korea, living in Korea. And so I went back home and I was searching online, living in Korea. How can I live in Korea? And living in Korea for me was living in that state where your ego is totally absent. Like I had this experience in my um, ayahuasca that my ego was totally absent. And life was just flowing through me. And my body was just doing things. And I was not even... I had no control over the body anymore because it was not me. The ego was not there. It was just like this consciousness leading my body and, and living from that place of joy. And I was like, oh, my God, this is how I want to live my life. This is how I want to live my life. And I should wake up every morning and pray for that to guide me, to you know, tap into that because this is how I want to live my life. And so, yeah, so when I was researching on Google, when I went back home and I found um, a mentor and um, I started my journey on with yoga. So I was doing a lot of yoga and uh, yoga for a lot of people is just the asanas, that, you know, but yoga, when I say is the meditation practices. And then I set off in January. So this was September. And then in January, 
2019, I set off to India. And I was really into, you know, this, I just want to meditate. I just want to know who I really am. And I I went to an ashram there, and it was a beautiful experience just uh, doing yoga and doing the cleansing of the your organs, you know, just eating uh, kitchari and doing some uh, enemas. <laughs> And really doing the cleansing so that these things, they really help your mind be so clear so you get into that meditative state that you can let go of your mind, let go of your ego. Uh, but then I continued my my travels. Um, yeah, I did also a, a Buddhist retreat, which I recommend to a lot of people. It's called Tushita. It's a Tushita monastery in the north of India, in Dharamshala. It's the, the village where the Dalai Lama lives. And uh, you can have a 10-day course introduction to Buddhism. And it's incredible. It's incredible. You also don't talk to anyone except for two hours every day where people, they sit in groups and they discuss what we have learned from the monks and nuns. And you do karma yoga in the morning. And each person is assigned a different kind of activity so we can help each other and help the community there. So I did this was very beautiful. Uh, but the, I think for me, the most important uh, experience that I had with emotional awareness and facing the pain, it was Vipassana. Uh, so I did my first Vipassana. I had my first 10 day Vipassana experience in Myanmar. And basically what Vipassana is, is really you sit with your body and you just focus on the sensations of your body all the time. That's all you do. That's all you do. You become your scientist, your own scientist. <laughs> You're just observing the sensations inside. And as you start observing the sensations, you're allowing the sensations to finally be released from your body. They are there because they want to be felt. They are there because you didn't give yourself the chance to finally feel it. Even when you're just sitting down to have your meal, that's why eat mindfully. Because sometimes you're eating and you're watching TV and people are talking to you. You're not even processing your food. You're not feeling that. These feelings of craving, they stay in your body. So I had a huge, deep understanding of the pain, of the emotional awareness, how important it is that you sit with your emotions, that you process these things. You know, feelings of craving feelings of aversion, these things, they are all stuck in your body. And the feelings of pain, is it's related to the aversion, all the painful experiences that we had. And we have aversion towards them. We don't want to feel them because it's painful, obviously. But these are things that we got to experience because if we don't, they come back. And why do they come back? Because they're still stuck in your body. These energies, they are stuck in your body. They emit a certain frequency to the universe. If you don't allow your body to process them, to sit with them, to feel them, to release them. These emotions, they're going to stay stuck in your body. They're going to keep on emitting these frequencies to the universe so that a new experience that reflects that pain that you carry in your body comes and repeats again, goes over and over again. That's why people talk about feeling stuck. <laughs> now I remember what you were saying, the other thing about being stuck. And that's why it is being stuck. It's simply because we haven't allowed ourselves to, to sit down with our pain or with our feelings of craving. Or, oh, I really want to have the cigarette. Or, I really have want to have that piece of chocolate. Sit with yourself first. 
feel that feeling in your body, is that real? Is that really the chocolate that you need or is there something else? And allow yourself to feel that. And eventually these things are going to leave your system because emotions, they're not supposed to stay in your system. They're supposed to come and go. Emotion, <laughs> energy, emotion. It's supposed to go through your system for you to experience and then leave your body. Sounds like a very profound experience you had in India. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And, the, and, you know, Vipassana is something that's very it, it's easy to do in the sense that you just kind of sit with yourself and place all your focus on your sensations in your body. And there is a lot that goes with it in the practice. But, you know, what I would say to everyone who wants to, to give it a try is whenever they notice that they are feeling stressful, uncomfortable for some reason, that instead of going and lashing out onto other people, instead of blaming the circumstances around us, instead of engaging in a behavior that they don't want to, that they first give themselves the opportunity to sit down with their emotions see what comes up. And if after that they still want to go and do it, at least now they are making a conscious choice. I want to just ask you briefly, uh, can you share with us a little bit more details about the specifics of this Iowa, is it ayahuasca? <laughs> what exactly is yeah. that? What exactly happens during that? So ayahuasca, is a plant from the Amazon forest. It's a sacred plant. They mix it with another plant and they make this special brew that when you drink it, it releases some DMT, this molecule called DMT in your brain uh, that they call it the molecule of God. The molecule of God. And it's a molecule that's present in nature. Yeah, but that whenever we eat it, uh, it there is kind of there is something in our bodies that will not that will kill that DMT. So we we don't have the psychedelic experiences. But the ayahuasca brew they make it in such a way that instead of our bodies killing that DMT, I'm not so sure that I'm speaking. You know, the, what I'm saying is absolutely correct, but. Basically, what this brew does is we can have the experience of DMT released in our brain. And that helps us co co connect with the spiritual part of ourselves. And a lot of people, they have the experience of the death of the ego because they start seeing. They, they, what happens is the ayahuasca detaches you, the observer, from your ego. So you can start. And it, for each person, is different. But in my experience, I had this very clear understanding. I was detached from my ego and started seeing all my conditions and fading away slowly. And uh, it can be a very profound experience. Some people, they have traumas that they come to the surface to be released. They have memories of the past, of uncomfortable things that were stored in the subconscious that comes to their awareness. There is a lot of puking, vomiting as well. Your body's purging a lot of crap yeah it's it's really it can be scary actually but it was for me it was definitely the most courageous and beautiful thing i've done because after that 
for me changed my life but it's not something that I will say you know go and do it it's just I I, I believe it's something that you have to have the calling I was that name ayahuasca was coming to me so many times and I was feeling in my heart it was something that I needed to do but it's not something for everyone and it's not something that I recommend that you just go do it there is a lot of uh, it's a sacred plant there is a ritual and it's something that needs to be approached with a lot of respect so if you feel in your heart that's something for you absolutely go and do it but be sure that this is really what you want and that you're not treating it with just curiosity oh i just want to have a psychedelic experience because it's very deep <laughs> Why did you choose to go to India in 2018? So, yeah, so uh, as I told you, my ayahuasca experience was very deep and I connected to a part of myself that didn't know it existed. I knew intellectually because I was already reading about spirituality. I was already listening to podcasts and reading books about spirituality and doing meditations and stuff. But I hadn't had the experience. And that ayahuasca brought me to a place that I had never been before. And I connected to a part of me that I didn't know it existed. And that's much bigger than my body and than my mind. I, I finally had the understanding. I thought I had the experience of, you know, that people call the, you know, the ego death. And I thought I was dying because, well, with my I, I am my mind. I am my mind, and so I'm dying. <clears throat> but I'm not my mind. I'm not my body. And that led me to practicing yoga uh, every day. Every day after that, I really connected with uh, yoga practices and meditation. I was doing that every day in the morning, in the evening, one hour in the morning, one hour in the evening, reading books about Paramahansa Yogananda. And I was so devoted. And I went to India because I wanted to have these experiences. I wanted to go to an ashram. I wanted to do all the things that I was learning and learn about, you know, the eight lengths, lengths of yoga and do the asanas and do all the meditation and meet a guru. <laughs> and, you know, all this fantasy that we build in our minds around these things. But I was so devoted. I really, for me, that was the most important thing in my life and still, still is today. But Why? in that moment was the moment of discovery. What did the, you discover? The discovery of this, the discovery of this spiritual part that that, that I like that I am actually a spiritual being. This was the discovery. I am a spiritual being. I need to get acquainted with that because my perception of myself is coming from a place that's not real. The perception that I am my mind and my body. But that this is not, <laughs> it, it's real. It's real, but it's not who we actually are. <clears throat> and so uh, I went to India because I wanted to deepen that uh, understanding. I wanted to get acquainted with that part of me. I wanted to have these transcendental experiences and to have this encounter with God. And I wanted to become better at that. So... It was a very beautiful experience also because I had never been to India before and I went by myself and I was coming out of a very long-term relationship that and there was a lot of uh, codependence involved and 
I didn't feel like I was free and, and stuff like that. And so when I was in India and I felt myself completely free in the middle of the world, in the, in the middle of the universe, oh my gosh, I can go anywhere. I can do everything. I'm just like free. And I could, it was just a beautiful experience and all these assaults to my senses, visual, you know, the smells and the foods and the, 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 the sounds. And it was, it was just amazing. <laughs> how long after that Anna was it that you uh, set up your coaching company Anna Louisa Life Coaching was that part of the journey so, it was part of the journey I already had my certifications in 2018 so when I left I was already certified uh, but I had loads of fear that was <laughs> had this fear that I think a lot of people can relate. We don't see ourselves. We can't see ourselves for who we are, for what we are capable of doing. Even though a lot of people say you are ready, you are already helping so many people, but you don't see yourself as you know uh, capable of. And so I think, especially women, we have this thing of you know perfectionism, waiting for the perfect moment, for things to be perfect for you to begin. And I decided to take my journey. I, I was already coaching people, but I was not saying, I am a life coach. I was so scared of that. <laughs> uh, this started here in Danau. This started here in Danau when I said, yes, this is, uh, this is what I have been doing already. I was time that I put myself out there as a life coach because this is what I have been doing, even if I don't want to admit, even if I'm scared of saying that I'm ready, but I got to start. Because there are so many people that they are just, you know, getting another degree, getting another course, getting another whatever, and waiting for this perfect thing to happen. And this perfect thing is not going to happen. Even the people who are really successful, you know, <laughs> we look up to them and we think, oh, they are, they are perfect there. In their mind, sometimes they, they're not. They're also thinking, of, well, what's coming next? What's next? Like, you need to do this and you need to do that. But the reality is that there is always someone that knows that there hasn't been yet where you are today and you can help them because you already have this awareness, this experience that they don't have yet. And so you can guide them, you can help them. Um, so yeah, so my first certification I took in, in 2018 in London, um, it was a neuro-linguistic programming. So I did my practitioner course there. And two years ago, when I was doing my, my backpacking, I did my second one in Bali. I was like, you know, I'm going to travel. I'm going to go backpacking. Why not doing in a beautiful location? And I met beautiful people. And, uh, yeah, NLP is very powerful because basically uh, it's about programming our minds. Programming our minds. Reprogramming our minds. Yeah? We are all programmed as children. We come here as empty vessels and we receive tons of information from our parents and from our culture and from our surroundings. And we are programmed from the age of zero to seven, mainly. Uh, the, the program continues on, but the unconscious programming from zero to seven. And so what neuro-linguistic programming helps in NLP, it helps us become familiar of these old programs and choose better ones, more empowering 
empowering ones. Um, yeah, it's really, really powerful. And it helps us to let go of things that are no longer serving us, right? We, I used to live in Brazil when I was a child. I had a different reality there. Um, as we all grow, we evolve, we learn other things. And there are things, patterns that no longer serve us. And if we want to be empowered and make conscious choices in our lives, it's important to understand the programs that we carry in our minds and choose, okay, what do I want to keep and what do I want to let go? That's how NLP works. It's a program I know very, very little about, uh, neuro-linguistic programming. I know it was developed in the 1970s in California. And one thing I did read was how ineffective it said that actually speaking is in communication. Yes, because the spoken communication is the conscious communication. Mm -hmm. There is still all the body language. There is still your posture, how you portray yourself. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And all of the things we are speaking all the time. And people, they, have, they are having, they're creating images of who we are, not only through the words that we speak, but how we speak, the tone that we speak, the words that you choose, how we, even you walk and <laughs> everything you know it's, it's the non non non-spoken language is the unconscious language and that's why they say because honestly speaking it, our the whole the, the the how can i say the total the totality of our consciousness is mostly unconscious mostly unconscious it's very little of it the percentage is very small that's that's conscious and most of the stuff that we carry is unconscious. So the neurolinguistic programming works with understanding these unconscious programmings and patterns to be able to bring them to our awareness, our consciousness, so we can change. And we use a lot of, uh, you know, there is uh, sometimes some processes of going into meditative space and using your emotions. I like to do a lot of inner child work people because it's really powerful you really connect with your emotions you bring the person back to the first time where they felt that we allow them that person to finally feel these emotions fully so that they can release it and then they can reframe that situation that was unconscious in their minds now they're conscious of it okay how do i choose not to see this event and now they are free from that because it's no longer something that is unconscious but they brought to their consciousness, they allow themselves, their body, their system to release those energies, those emotions that they were stuck, and now they can reframe it into something that's empowering for them. They can speak their own life story from a place of, yes, I experienced this, but I'm not the victim. This happened for me, not to me. So a client comes in to you, what's the first steps you would take using neuro neurolinguistic programming to identify uh, I guess steps they could take to improve. How do you go about it, basically? So what I do as a coach is I start with the pain. Yeah, what coaching and coaches do, we help people move from their pain 
to their desired outcome. So if they decided to come to me for help, it's because they are facing some sort of pain, struggle, difficulty. So I help them identify first their pain because sometimes they're not, they're not even aware of what that is. They don't have the awareness, the clarity of what that pain actually is. They're just unhappy, but sometimes they don't even have the clarity. <clears throat> and uh, I start asking them questions about basically events when they felt uncomfortable and talk a little more about the circumstances, uh, ask them uh, other events or other moments that they felt the same way as well. See if there is a pattern. We can start identifying in which situations do you feel in a certain way, in that particular way, that pain, that specific pain that they want to address. And then we can start identifying and what I, what I like to do is uh, to address the pain when it's something that's recurrent is really help them go back to the first time they felt that. I think it's one of the most powerful things because reframing is very important. Reframing is very important. You know, mindset is very important. But if you don't address the pain underneath that, it comes back. It's like part of you, part of you is wants to believe in something like affirmations. You see, oh, I am, I don't know, I am abundant, or I am enough, <laughs> I am good enough, or whatever, I am successful. But there is a part of you in your subconscious mind that doesn't believe that. So even if you try making this mindset shift, mindset changes. If there is a part of you that is unconscious, that you haven't dealt with, that you haven't tackled, that you haven't allowed yourself to release that emotional pain that's stuck in your body, it's very hard to do this work of mindset. It's very hard. So it's important that we, we address the pain too. And that's very transformative because then your system is free from that pain. And that you'll no longer be out of integrity. One part of you wants one thing. The other part of you actually doesn't because it doesn't believe that you can. So it's marrying these things together. Uh, I am a coach. I'm certified on NLP. I have my own experience with meditation. I have been practicing for years, even before Vipassana, practicing for years. And I help people. You know, all these experiences that I gained from my life, putting them together and creating something that's unique to me. Uh, just uh, trying to bring to people what I have experienced that works for me and that has been proved to be very powerful to a lot of my clients as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I'm, I will say that, you know, I have, what, in the last, in the last two years, I've had, I think some like 35 psychotherapy sessions and 15 mindfulness coaching sessions. So I can certainly, uh, I'm certainly a big fan of uh, this approach and I would, would definitely advocate for anyone to go to a life coach, to go to a mindfulness coach, to go to a psychotherapist. Um, and, you know, I, I do read a lot of, uh, a lot of books on growth and development, self-help and, 
everyone from Robin Sharma to Tim Robbins possibly always advocate for uh, going to a life coach and getting getting that help. And one thing that you did say uh, on your Facebook page, which I I really like, you you help people, uh, you help empower people, and this empowerment comes from a place of inner peace and love. Really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, Anna Louisa, uh, I have been to some of the workshops that Jonathan, you, Jonathan and yourself did at uh, Mud Bistro. They were absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I know you're setting up uh, a program at the minute called, I think it's Walking Your Authentic Path. Uh, can you share with us uh, some details about this upcoming program and how can people access it and uh, take part in it? Yes, thank you for giving me the opportunity. So, we and Jonathan, we, <laughs> we have been working on building this program uh, for two months. So, the month of February, February, March, and, and a little bit of April. So, we've been working on this program. And it's basically to help people who are feeling confused, who are feeling lost, they are feeling dissatisfied with their job, with their career, or they are feeling like they are not living their truth. They feel like they are not, there is something missing in their lives. See, they kind of, okay, I, I am in my comfort zone. They recognize they, they are in their comfort zone, but that's not enough. They got to a point that, oh, I seem to have everything. I have, you know, comfort. Um, but I, there is something missing. They are lacking some sense of, of purpose some sense of fulfillment. They feel like they are not using their gifts. They feel like they have so much more inside of themselves that they can give, that they can share with the world, that they can contribute. These are people who feel that they are not living life to the full, right? They are not aligned with their authentic selves. They probably did jobs or they are still doing jobs or living lives that it's following a script or following things that people told them that's the way you should do. You know, wow, I should grow uh, up and go to university and marry and have children and die. <laughs> and coming to the realization that this is not all that life is about, that there is more out there. And recognizing that we are all unique beings. We all have a unique life story. We all have our unique struggles that we can transform this into our learnings, our lessons, and, and, and help people out there with our unique gifts and talents. And a lot of us, we, we don't even recognize ourselves. We don't even recognize our power, our talents, our strengths. So this program is really powerful because this program helps people first to go within to recognize the state that they are in, recognize and accept the pain, accept that there is some sort of emptiness there, recognize that maybe perhaps they're not living a life that is authentic to themselves, that is aligned to their heart, start learning to connect with that inner voice, with that intuition, learning to trust that inner voice to guide them in the direction that they need to go so that they can finally gain this clarity 
and what's truly important for them so that they can take the first steps in that direction. So what me and Jonathan, we do is we help people go with and do this in their journey, this inner work, become aware of all the blocks of the things that they are stopping them and then recognizing what's important to, to, to me, what's, what are my values, what's my why, what are my talents, all of these things. And then once you can finally see yourself, you have removed all the blocks, you have gained this awareness of yourself, you can see yourself as someone that is powerful too. You no longer need to compare yourself to the neighbor. You don't have to compare yourself to anyone else because you recognize your own light, you recognize your own gift, and you know that no one can take that from you. And then you're empowered to go out there and share with the world and live an authentic life full of joy, of purpose, and fulfillment. And if people, they want to have an experience with us, with this program, we are, right now we are only opening one-on-ones. Um, so either if they resonate with me or with Jonathan, they can contact us on Facebook. Uh, soon we are planning on transforming this into an online course as well. But yeah, that's something that we will let the community know when it's ready. I absolutely love listening to your passion for this project, Ana Luisa. And I can <laughs> tell you, no, I do. I, I just love it. Uh, you are preaching to the converted absolutely you are preaching to it, uh, because the best decision i ever made uh one of the best decisions i ever made was in november 2019 uh when i took the decision to move out of that comfort zone i was in i hated my job just everything you were describing there i absolutely hated my job uh it you know i had good salary housing yearly flights health insurance but I was frustrated to the maximum. And there are so many people, like when you were talking there, there's so many people walking around dead inside, absolutely dead yeah. inside. And that's, I know I've spoken to Jonathan about this and he, he provided some really good uh, stories at your workshops about when he was working at uh, Coca-Cola and we, we, exactly the same thing. So. Uh, I really encourage people to uh, to connect with you and, and and just take a risk, take a risk and follow follow these dreams that you might have in your heart. Not take yeah, a risk. Yeah, bet on themselves. <laughs> Say again. Bet on themselves. Stop betting on others. Bet on themselves. Absolutely, the best investment you will ever make is in yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. So people can contact you through Ana Luisa Life Coaching on Facebook. Uh, Jonathan also has his Life Coaching on Facebook. I will put a link to both of them in the show notes. Uh, when is this online mm -hmm. course starting, Anna? So we are still... <laughs> we haven't created the online course yet so it's still in the process of you know seeing where we're gonna host it making videos and stuff now we are opening one-on-one -on -one coaching online coaching so anyone around the world can have access to us and do the program with us one-on-one -on -one, having meetings every week and we're going to guide them step by step into this whole process, the inner journey, the outer journey. That's what we call the hero's journey. 
you might have heard of this from Joseph Campbell. And so everyone who is starting to walk their authentic path, that's what they are doing. They are doing their hero's journey. They are having the courage, as you said, the courage to finally bet on themselves and go within and go inside that cave that they are so scared of going and facing their demons and finding the treasures inside and recognizing their gifts and finding their superpowers and being equipped to go out there in the world. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was talking to a friend the other day uh, in China and she said that a psychotherapist described Shenzhen and the la expat lifestyle there as a golden cage. And I really love that. There's so many people trapped inside that. They've got these beautiful salaries. They've got this thing. And it is a cage. You are trapped. And I guess it's a question. You know, it's a question I, I, I ask many people. How much do you want it? Like, how much do you want, you know, this fulfillment in your life? Or are you willing to settle for mediocrity? Well, I don't know if it's mediocrity. It's, it's, for me, it's I think I think it's fear. It's fear. A lot of the times, these people, they don't believe in themselves. They don't believe they're capable of. They don't see their own light. And so that's why I think this program is unbelievable because it's going to really help people go within. And it's through going through that pain that they're going to finally see the power that they have inside and their talents and all of these things. But when you don't believe in yourself, when you don't see yourself for who you are, you settle for less. You settle for less. You don't know your power yet. You haven't been given a chance to see your power yet, to confront with that yet. And so it's hard. It's hard. People, they are afraid. But one thing that I really like to do, even for me sometimes, because it happens to me very often still, is ask, what if I die tomorrow? I mean, am I, am I joking around? Am I going to take this life for granted? Or am I really going to go for it and speak my truth and do what I really care about? You know, I have nothing to lose because when I die, I will die alone. No one's going to come with me. You know, so I better start doing today what I love, what truly matters to me. And if it's whatever you are already doing, if you are happy, great. But be honest with yourself. Am I really, truly happy? Am I really living my life to the fullest? Am I honoring my life? Is this the life of my dreams? Is, are these the emotions that, that, that I, I want to experience? Am I experiencing them on a regular basis? Yes or no? If not, then there is some work to be done. You know, the words of uh, Ben Hogan, the famous golfer, sprung to my mind when you were talking there. I, I think I have it somewhere on my website. And he said, as you walk down the fairway of life, you better stop to smell the roses for you only get to play one round. And it's so bloody true. Like, you know, this is your one and only life. Make use of it and yes. live it the way you want. Yes, thank you for sharing. Beautiful. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Anna Luisa, for coming on today's podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed it so, so much. Actually, I've enjoyed it so much that I might elevate you 
to my favorite Brazilian of all time. Uh, please don't. Oh my goodness! No, I'm not gonna speak tonight. <laughs> uh, I, I'm hoping that I'm really now your favorite Irish man of all time. After Jonathan, I'm sorry. <laughs> Anna. You're my second favorite. Ah, uh, that's not good enough. <laughs> Listen, thank you very much for coming on to the, the podcast today. I really enjoyed myself. It's been really inspirational, really informative, and just a lot of fun. Um, and I really, that's a lot of reallys. I really encourage people to get along to your workshop uh, and Jonathan's and join the online uh course coming up i will put a link to all of this in the show notes but for today thank you very much thank you so much i loved it thank you you are more than welcome (laughs) (laughs) well there we have it ladies and gentlemen sadly i believe We have come to the end of this mini podcast series, Walking Your Authentic Path, with myself, Mr. Turpod, and Anna, the truly inspirational founder of Anna Louisa Life Coaching. I believe it was Emerson that said, nothing great can be achieved without enthusiasm. I can tell you this, Anna Louisa has an abundance of enthusiasm at her disposal. She has a wealth of knowledge and experience that could help almost anyone, even myself perhaps. (laughs) I will put a link to her Facebook page in the show notes. Get in touch with her or get in touch with her partner, Jonathan Keeley. He's another outstanding uh, life coach based here. Better still, join their online course starting soon. I believe she said they still had one-on-one spaces available. Again, check out her Facebook page for all that. Now, I have an upcoming podcast series or a few podcasts coming up with uh, Kelsey Nicole, which I recorded recorded yesterday, a couple of days ago. Another fascinating lady. Kelsey is, uh, what is Kelsey? She's a behavioral specialist who deals with in positive psychology. Another fascinating lady. I really enjoyed sitting down to speak to Anna and Kelsey this week. Listen, if you like this podcast, please share it with somebody. Please post it on your Facebook page. Oh, do something. <laughs> that's all I've got for you. Uh, that, that's, that's the only way we're going to get spread our message of all the fantastic things that are going on up here in, uh, in Da Nang and Hoi An with Mr. Terapod. Um, with the life coaches Jonathan and Anna and, and just lots of other outstanding initiatives like dog dancing and the, the outstanding work that uh, Johan is doing at the Nang 101. Fantastic. Actually, I was speaking to Johan today. Uh, he's going to come on a podcast by the end of July on PRS Radio. So it's all systems go. All systems go. Listen, with Mr. Terpod, you're not alone.